Hello, and welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, a show for people who want to take their personal training businesses and fitness coaching skills to the next level. Team Alloy has been in the personal training business since 1992 and share their insights from working with businesses and brands around the world. Listen in for secrets and tips on running a successful fitness business from personal training, marketing, staff management, scaling your business, and everything in between. If you are interested in having your own personal training business, our systems are well-developed, and we are focusing on very discrete segments which we think are the secrets to success. Now, let's get started with our host. Rick, good to see you, man. What's cracking, Matt? What's going on, man? Lots. Lots yeah. of stuff, yeah. Lots. Just franchising? Trying franchising, trying to take over right. the world. Writing programs for the world. Writing programs for the world. How about you? Yeah, same. Getting ready for uh, representing Navy today, the Army-Navy games this oh, weekend. that's right. Yeah. What's, uh, who's going to win? Well, I think Navy had like 15 years in a row, and then Army's won the last three. But I think Navy's heavily favored this year. Doesn't mean anything though. It's like all bets are off for that game. You've been you to ever the watched game, right? it? I have watched it. But yeah, you... I've been as well, dude. That the flyover for both, you know, Army and Navy is amazing. Pretty cool. Coolest. Yeah. It's one. Of, it's probably the coolest event I've ever been to. Yeah, I'll have to check. Anybody it out. that's listening that hasn't ever been, if you ever get a chance to go, it's usually in Philadelphia. Sometimes it's in Baltimore, but um, it's an amazing, amazing sporting event. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Are you ready for today's topic? I am. What do you want to talk about? Well, it's something uh, we get asked a lot, and I know you get asked a lot personally. It's uh, how and where do you find good trainers? That is a question that we get a lot. So it's a it's a great question. And why don't we split it up, right? Let's do today, talk about where to find trainers. And next time we can talk about like maybe the interview process sure. and the onboarding. So we'll start with where to where to hire trainers. And I think before we even dig into that, philosophically, what are we looking for in a trainer? And I think you need to identify that before you then decide where you're going to find them, if that makes sense, right? Sure. Kind of like, hey, where do I find trainers? I'm like, well, what's your business structure like? So I talk about this ad nauseum, but it really goes back to having a systematic approach to your business. So when we were doing really well, but when we first opened, we had independent contractors. So we didn't have employees, which is a huge mistake and actually illegal in this day and age. But back then I would go out and try to find what I would essentially, you know, describe as a unicorn these days, which is someone who could sell, they could manage their own book of business as far as like being professional, right? Showing up on time and and scheduling clients and communicating with clients. Mm -hmm. They were technically sound trainers. They looked the part. They had still had to be good team players because you had to work in close proximity. And that's a really hard person to find, almost impossible, unless you're going to bring them into your business and allow them to essentially be self-employed. And at the end of the day, that's illegal in most cases to do that. And you're also going to have to award that person with a level of compensation that really doesn't even make it worth having them in their business because your business isn't going to make any money. So- In this day and age, I would say that you have to have a systematic approach to what you do, meaning you, it's your business, it's your risk, you know, your money to start this entity. You need to set up a business system so that when you go to hire coaches, you're literally just filling a place on the team, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? You're not hiring another entrepreneur to run a business in your business. You're hiring someone to run your play. And so we use this adage a lot where, you know, what we'll say is, you know, hire the athlete, train the skill. And so in our case, when you have solid business systems, the athlete becomes the intangible things, right? Not necessarily the 
you know, master's degree in exercise physiology, which you and I both know we've had people come through in that, that have that educational background sure. that couldn't train their way out of a paper bag, not because they lacked technical knowledge because they lacked the knowledge or the emotional intelligence and how to apply it to everyday sure. people or even athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the great thing about having business systems is you go out and find the right athlete. And in our case, the right athlete is simple. It's like, well, you know, do they look the part? It's important. You know, someone doesn't have to be super buff, but they also at least need to be on their own journey. Let's say that you work with a lot of fat loss clients and you have someone in who isn't necessarily super buff, but maybe they're down a significant amount of weight in their own journey, right? So who better to relate to weight loss clients as someone who's been successful and is maybe still on that path of weight loss? That's a relatable person. So they don't have to be super buff, but they at least have to be bought in, look the part, meaning they're actually buying in that they believe in what they're selling, right? They live it and don't just talk it. So that also they're very relatable to people. Is this the type of person that you would like to have a beer with after the workout as an example, Mm -hmm. right? If it's no, then they're probably not going to be very successful. You and I both know because you came from a large health club as well before you came to Alloy a million years ago, that there were people that worked in those environments that were terrible technical trainers. I mean, they did things that were in some ways, um, you know, offensive and, right. and could injure people, you know, and, and maybe not, maybe they stayed away from injuries, which would have been a huge plus, but because they looked good and they were magnetic and people just liked them, their book was full all the time with right. clients. Well, the clients felt better when they left. They did. And that's it. And so in a lot of ways, it's like, you know, our, our main functions are you can hold people accountable. So they have to show up and then you want to make them feel good when they're there. You had a great post about that the other day on your Instagram page about, you know, don't forget that people have to enjoy their time with you. At the end of the day, it's just a workout. Mm-hmm. And so if I can get my workout from 15 different competitors, I'm going to go and work out with a person that makes me feel good. And as a consumer, I don't know that I have a little bit of knee valgus and, and these things. And you and I could argue that, okay, you should be able to handle those things if you're going to be in business, but there are coaches out there who aren't, and it doesn't hurt their ability to make money. So if Again, in a business structure, we're controlling that, right? We're controlling the programming and we're controlling all the form and controlling the different levels of exercise at an enterprise level or at a club level, right? Then it makes it much easier for us to hire that athlete, bring them in, that same person that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. just, hey, here, just run the play and be you, right? And they're going to do really, really well. So examples is, you know, I've been out to eat before with my wife and we'll have someone young that's waiting our on our table and you know, maybe they're a little bit sarcastic. They have a really quick sense of humor. Um, they're, they're kind of quick on their feet, you know, almost like a bartender would mm-hmm. be, and you have to be a little bit of that to train, you know, certainly personal train people in a group setting. And, you know, maybe we have some great interactions and they walk away from the table and I can turn to my wife and say, look, that would be a great trainer in our club. And I could hire that person and having a systematic approach would then allow me to get them from zero to hero in much less time and not have this massive learning curve of 20 years. And if you're going out hiring these trainers that have been in the industry 15, 20 years, you're going to get some with a lot of experience, but it might be the wrong experience for you. And you're going to have to untrain all that before you get them up to speed with your processes. So I wanted to start with that because I think it's important. If you don't have a systemized approach, you're not looking for the same person that I'm looking for. So this is going to fall on, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to fall on deaf ears, but it's not going to be applicable to you. Sure. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, where do you look? Where do you find these trainers? Yep. So there's a couple of resources that we recommend that we, and not just us, but what the, all the other businesses that we work with, right? So the other training centers that we work with in our coaching groups that are alloy licensees, 
what we see them being successful with. So mm-hmm. again, it's this breadth of knowledge, right? The first one would be internships. What I mean by that is an accredited college internship. And so then how do you go about that? Well, you, you know, approach a local university in your area. You're probably going to be looking at exercise science yep. right? or something in that realm, physical therapy, something like that as the degree or the department that you'll be applying to. And then you apply to that educational you know, platform, whatever it is, whether it's an online school that's nearby or, you know, whether it's a, a large university, we have both, right? Sort of a satellite campus, all those things will work, but you will need to apply to be an accredited intern provider for that university and get approved. Now, once you're approved, then you can run a true college internship and you need to organize that. You know, there's a, and I'll mention this guy now, his name's Justin Grinnell. He's a buddy of mine and he's got a, um, essentially a playbook, if you will, for college internships. That's the best one that I've seen. Yeah. We have so a coach guys, that uh, went through it. Yep, exactly. So one of our coaches now, it was funny because Justin is an amazing trainer. Uh, he writes for Muscle and Fitness. He's a really smart guy, a good business guy as well. But he was is an alloy guy, right? So he's running alloy in his club and using our mechanisms, but he's running a massive internship. So he brings in an intern. He mostly works with Michigan State. He's right there next to those guys. And um, one of his interns ended up moving down yeah. here. So how cool is it that an intern in a club that was running Alloy ended up at the mothership of Alloy? Yeah, that's really cool. And Eric, he's the guy that, uh, if you guys watch any of our exercise videos or if you're a licensee, he's the... That's why I moved so well. He's the demonstrator because <laughs> Justin taught him what's up. But so college internships are, are great. And what it does is even if you're not in a position to hire, it's a constant feeder for your system, right? And you've always got this young kind of learning environment, teaching environment or learning environment for them. And you've got this young crowd of folks coming through and they bring a different energy to the club than the veteran trainers that have been there forever. So it's good. It's a really good way to do it. And it's a way to keep the pipeline full at all times because you just never know. I mean, in our business, if you keep a trainer for three to five years, that's a long time we've done in a previous podcast, you know, our rivers and ponds scenario. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to have a trainer that long, you know, for more than five years, they may not even be that effective unless they just absolutely love it. And that's what they want to do forever. Sure. You know, yeah, I so, would say, um, we can really mold those interns as well. Cause they're fresh. They don't really have a lot of industry experience. They're not bringing a whole bunch of baggage and you know, they haven't been in those scenarios you talked about earlier. So it, yeah, it just, it's funny. You hear things like, well, why don't we learn this in school? It's like, well, there's only so much. You have a lot of exercise science you have to learn. You have to learn, you know, physiology, biology. There's a lot of things to learn that are great building blocks they don't teach you much about the business of training or how to treat people or how to run a session or how to structure program design or regress exercises. And that's the real world practical application of all right. the science that they've learned. So that's what we're teaching here. Mm-hmm. We're also teaching them business practices. What do we do for marketing and right. how do we treat our clients? What is client retention and what metrics do we measure so that when they're done with their internship, they do sign a, you know, a non-compete or non-solicit before they start so that they wouldn't then you know, run down the street. It's not likely anyway, but that they wouldn't open a gym right next to ours, you know, or, or share our secrets, if you will, with a competitor down the street. But for the most part, internships are a great way to keep the funnel full. Absolutely. For new employees. And it's also fun for you. And I I don't know if, if any listeners have experienced this, but when you teach something that you've been doing in my case for almost 30 years, to someone who's never done it and you see the joy and the amazement and the things that they get from learning what mm-hmm. to you is just something that you can do in your sleep. It reminds you of how cool what we do really is. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I find that it's somewhat self-serving to teach in oh, because cool. yeah, it makes absolutely. you feel, yeah, it makes you feel great. Well, I mean, for me personally, I, I came in through a mentorship actually here 
Um, if you remember, and I came from a large club and stuff. And honestly, I mean, I think I learned more in here two weeks than I learned in my <laughs> entire right. career before that. I remember some of our conversations, like you saying, why haven't I done this? Or why is no one doing this stuff? It's like, I don't know. I mean, it's not commonplace, but it's right. the same information's available to everyone. So we, that's internships and go to the universities, apply, mm -hmm. get an accredited internship. Now we'll tell you that there's a lot of people that are typically in a large university or we're in a bigger market in Atlanta. So the schools that we have are like in the city, if you will. And they have a lot of options, right? They could go do an internship with Coca-Cola and work as an exercise physiologist in their health department or whatever that is. But what you need to do is then not only do you need to become accredited provider, which puts you on the list, but you also are going to have to go down and advertise a little bit. So the universities that we work with, they'll have sort of internship day and we can go down and speak to them Yep. About the opportunity that mm -hmm. we have. And they, and then when they find out we're in thousands of clubs worldwide and that we started in this one brick and mortar and it's a compelling story and it's worth them instead of then going to work in a hospital setting and doing cardiac rehab and that's not what they're interested in. A lot of them have aspirations of opening their own gym. Entrepreneurship's hot right now. It's mm -hmm. sexy. So everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And so you know that leads people to, to really want to come here, right? It's a much better option for them. Sure. We pay a small stipend as well. So just, I mean, but we pay it at the end and it basically yeah. would cover like gas money and things like that. I'd say the, the biggest thing out of the internships, uh, honestly, is, you know, if you hire somebody cold off the street, we'll talk about interviewing later, but you do a couple of interviews, you, you don't really know until you see them out there with people and you don't know how they're going to interact. You don't know the clients are going to like them. So what better than having your interns are out on the floor talking to clients, you're going to know real quick by, you know, they'd like them or not. And obviously you get to mold them along the way, but I don't think you can <laughs> beat that. No, you, you can't. There's no better way. I mean, you've got, you know, eight weeks with someone, sometimes right. more, right? Sometimes 12 weeks with someone in your business, 20 hours a week or so. It's like you're going to learn everything you need to know about them. And the great thing for them as well, and this is a great selling point, is they get to learn whether or not it's something they want to do. We've sure. had interns come through that I loved in the classroom setting mm -hmm. or in a boardroom or if we were talking about program design, yep. but we're just too shy to be in front of people. And right. they were so thankful that they came here and had the ability to find that out so that they would stay in school and go more into the research side of things right. as opposed to trying to uh, physical therapists come yep, through here as well. Exactly. And said, Hey, I could never do this, man. I'm just not social enough at where I'm exhausted after <laughs> two hours of talking. It's like, this is not for you then. Right. <laughs> right. So internships are great. And then you mentioned another one, which is mentorship. So yep. mentorships are, it's like an internship for an adult. So it's not an accredited college course. It's simply teaching someone who's in a different, maybe career. Like maybe there's a, you know, we've had a guy who was a math teacher, right? And really wanted to become a personal trainer. So started here, did a mentorship. That's six weeks long, it's mm -hmm. 20 hours a week. We've considered charging for it in the past. And we have at times, and then we haven't at other times. So that would be on you guys, whether or not you do that. I would say advantages to charging is people would take it more serious, but it does raise the level of expectation as well. So what I would say is I wouldn't bring on a mentor, E, someone to do a mentorship here and at our facility or facilities, unless I thought that person might be a good hire. Right. So in other words, I'm not as interested in just teaching people randomly if it's not going towards their college education, unless I think there's some option for them to be here. So if you start everyone, it's almost a great onboarding process we'll talk about in the next podcast, which is like, hey, bring them on for six weeks and see how it goes. And it also mm -hmm. gives them a chance to see if they're a good fit or not. And you're doing it in almost like a temporary right, sure. employment structure. Well, so I will say, I mean, I, I did the mentorship and I did it on the premise I wasn't getting a job and it did make a difference. I mean, you're going to act a little differently and, you know, showed that 
if you get somebody to do that, I mean, obviously it showed that I'll stay. Can't get rid of me. I haven't left the building yet. Right. That's right. It's totally sleeping here. <laughs> but uh, it was one of the best things I ever did. So, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say only do it if you're going to hire them kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think we talked about it, but I, I mean, I would tell you now that we probably, there was probably some idea that you would be hired here. You know, there was something there. That, Whatever. Right. Was, <laughs> I'm just saying that now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Trying to make you feel it's good. Like 10 years too late. <laughs> it, was, it was free help. Yeah. But no, yeah. We, we knew, like, I knew bringing you in that you would be a potential hire. You wouldn't have done it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. But to so, me, there was a Mayat. Right? right. Well, that's the way it should feel. Make you a little nervous, <laughs> yeah. you know. Always, and it's still that way. You don't know whether you're going to yeah. be here tomorrow, Matt. You never I know. I know. I <laughs> know. So we got internships, which are accredited college internships. You got mentorships, which is a half internship and based on adults. And you can decide whether you want to charge or not. Just remember if you're charging, do you want to be in the mentorship business? I really didn't want to be in that mm -hmm. business, right? Cause there's too many other outlets to coach people other than that, but it's a nice way to bring people in and teach mm -hmm. them. If you think they have some, especially if they have no industry experience at all sure. to bring them in. So those are two great ways and, and have been our number one, right? our two number one ways to do it. Now, Another avenue or another uh, maybe pond to fish in for potential trainers is existing clients. And that's something that sometimes is surprising to people to hear that. Like, well, you'd hire clients to be trainers. I'm like, yes. If you have someone in your business that fits the socioeconomic profile of your clientele, mm -hmm. and they probably do if they've been a consistent client, you right. know them really well. You know a lot about their work ethic because in a physical setting where you're pushing people, you understand sort of their tolerance for hard work, right? So you've seen that already. Are they timely? Do they show up for their sessions? Are they motivated? And typically, if all those things are in line, that means they love the brand. And another great thing is that they only have been exposed to what you do. And they've normally been very successful with your processes and in your business, mm -hmm. which is why you're, they're there and why they're such huge fans, raving fans of your business already. So they make really good employees, especially some of those hard to fill part-time hours. We've had people here that were just these rock star clients and they sort of people were kind of like drawn to them anyway. You know, maybe they weren't employed at the time just because they didn't have to work. Um, mm -hmm. And they would say, look, you know, I love this. And we would approach them and say, Hey, you should be a coach here. Okay. You, you know, you look the part, you're a huge fan of the brand. You represent us really well. And uh, what do you think about coming on into a lot of people, you know, we discount what maybe it means to be a trainer and a coach from outside in. It looks really fun. And sure. it's, you know, you just go out in front of a bunch of people and do your thing and go home. Yeah, well, as we know, as we all know, then those of you listening, it's a little bit more work than that. But at the same time, it looks really fun. So it's not hard to attract someone to that position. So again, going back to having a systematic approach to your business allows you to then take a client who's well-rooted in your culture and your facility and bring them on as a coach. And then you put them through that same adult six-week mentorship process, yep. right, to get them upskilled as far as like form and how the programming works and how the whole system works. And then they're off and running. So I would say for us, that's been our second biggest source mm -hmm. of trainers. Um, and it's been a really good one. So those folks are typically very sticky. Yeah, they're very bought in. Very bought in. And, and they make really good coaches. And a lot of times, you know, some trainers have never experienced anything but training in their lives as part of a profession. You get people who have been high-level executives, and they're like, it's a total different world, and they want to come over. So they love it. Well, a long <laughs> time ago. shorts every day. <laughs> right. You wear sweatpants to work. This is yeah. amazing. Well, you know, you think about it. You're in middle-level management. You're making, you know, 100K a year, and that's that's good money. But you're sitting in a meeting, and, you know, it's just bullshit meeting after meeting, and someone's like, you know, we got a 
fourth quarter numbers are looking off and we got, and you're just like, Oh, for the love of God, like the you know, it's been <laughs> 10th meeting you've had that week right. and you just right. want to light yourself on fire. You know, if you go back and listen to my podcast with Rami, when he was on here, he said that, right. They went around the room and most of the executives in the room were in their fifties. And it was like, Hey, if you had another shot at it, what would you do? And he was the only guy that was under 30. And most of them were like, oh, I'd be a gardener. I'd do this. I'd do that. Nobody wanted to do what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. And when it got to him, everyone's like, oh, you'd do fitness. And then he was like, you're right. And he looked at all these Bye. guys who he looked up to <laughs> and was like, peace out. I'm out. And he went back to school and became a yeah. coach and just sold his gym you know, last year. So anyway, interesting story. So I would say that existing clients are a really good source you know, as well. And then lastly, you've got all your, well, not lastly, but third, you've got just any of your job you know, listings, any of the websites, the job list haven't had as good success with that. We'll get into um, the mechanisms that can make that a bit easier in the next podcast in the actual interview process. But, um, you know, you can go to indeed, you can go to, uh, there's a million of them, right? And we've tried several, some we've had success with some not, you know, you get a lot of unqualified leads and you don't want to throw out there that you have to have like an exercise science degree or something, because that's not true. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, it can often be seen as like something that anyone can do. Mm-hmm. They don't fully understand what's involved. So you get a lot. What is it? The the odds are good, but the goods are odd. You know, that kind of thing. I will say, you know, at one of our interviews one time um, from one of the sites, this uh, woman came in and literally, you know, it was a full-time position, literally came in. She's like, I can only work between 12 and 1. I mean, <laughs> I mean what? 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 <laughs> Why are you here? I want to work on my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I have to be dressed and back at work by one. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know. so yeah, and those have their inherent challenges. Again, it's sort of like running a Facebook ad for free something, right? You're right. going to get a ton of leads, but they're not going to be that qualified. It's going to be the same thing on these platforms. But it's not a bad idea to fill up the top of the funnel. We'll talk in the next episode about maybe how to filter that a little bit so you don't spend so much time with mm-hmm. a bunch of unqualified people, right? So there's that, and then. Um, Lastly would be, I would just say community outreach or, or maybe working even through your current trainers. Sure. Right. So who do you know in the community that you might know? Maybe there's a, if you need part-time work at night, there's a high school coach somewhere that's got a or firefighters or things like that, or friends of trainers. So it's not a bad idea to ask the coaches that you have, like if they have any friends that want to work here, because friends want to work with friends. Right. And if they're the type of person that you know is a stand-up person, if they bring someone in and they're going to vouch for them, it's going to give you a huge you know, leg up on, on knowing this person's, at least their character yeah, yeah. and what they're all about. So, and you can incentivize that too. I wouldn't advertise it as such. You know, the true psychology says if you go to your team and say, Hey, if you bring me someone that signs up as an employee, I'll pay you $500. They're going to be less apt to do it because they wouldn't do it for that reason. Right. They would do it because they want to help someone. And that would be a nice thank you gift, but you can't go in with the carrot beforehand. Cause that type of carrot doesn't work for intrinsic motivation. You know, you, you did that here. We hired when Suzanne came on. Right. And I didn't even know that there was money involved. And like one day he gave me $500. So I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> you just thought it was a bonus, right? Well, I didn't even know. You didn't even know you were supposed to work here. So yeah, how would yeah, you know? Well, know you don't job. know anything. Just You just show up yeah, and somehow you get paid and you're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just write programs. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the four different ways to hire a trainer. And then I'll, we'll wrap it up. This is based on feedback that I get from coaching a couple thousand clubs over mm-hmm. time. A lot of people have this weird perception right now of the current job market and the way people work these days. And they throw out terms like millennials or this, or I don't know, man, it's just weird. So 
it's easy to get it in your mind that there aren't any good people out there or no one's loyal or, or a hire people and they ghost me on lunch break. Like, you know, I hear these things all the time and I'm thinking, really, that happens to you a lot. And they're like, yeah, yeah, there's just no good people out there, man. It's bullshit. I can't get by to work hard. Nobody's loyal, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, huh, that's, that doesn't sound like our place at all, right? So it goes back to, um, I was listening to Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast, which as you, if you guys don't listen to that, I'd recommend it. It's a great podcast and the leadership one. And in the podcast, he was telling a story and basically the overriding theme or the message of the story was this. Are you the person that you're looking for is looking for? And of course, he's the king of taking an idea and branding it and making it sticky, right? So, well, that's odd. What does that mean? Well, he, look, I'll tell you in the context of dating what he was talking about. And he said, listen, there was a young lady and she was talking to her mom and she was telling her mom, mom, you know, I want to meet someone and I want to meet someone who's successful, who is, you know, involved in their church or that was just, again, just his podcast that you know, likes to do outdoor activities that does the, you know, and list out this laundry list of things that she's looking for. And that's great to do that. But then her mom says to her, and this is coming from her mother, so it's probably going to hurt a little bit. She said, oh, honey, you're not the person that that person is looking for, (laughs) which is a punch to the gut, but it's a grid reality check. And I'll say that about business. If you find that everyone that you hire is a dirtbag, everyone ghosts you at lunch when they're new hired, everyone steals from you. Yeah, you should probably start by looking in the mirror because the people that you want to attract to your business, you're not attracting. And you know why? Because you're not the person that that person is looking for. So the first thing to do would be to look at yourself in the mirror, look at your current culture. And if you're only attracting bad people, it starts with the person that you're looking at in the mirror and you need to change that, change something about your culture make better decisions, whatever that is, because whatever you're putting out is exactly what you're getting back. And so you need to change that. So it's always a fair question. If you're having a lot of problems with employees and culture and things like that, best place to start is look right in the mirror and fix your own shit. And then and maybe straight got it deep out on that one. That was great. Did I get deep? That was awesome. Are you tearing up a little, a little bit? bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, let's come back next time. So we don't keep it too long and we'll do basically the full onboarding process. Sound okay. good? Cool. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast. If you have any questions for the host or are interested in learning more about running a successful personal training business of your own, please reach out and say hello. Connect with us at www.alloypersonaltraining.com and sign up for our free newsletter to receive additional resources.